right. Welcome, everybody, to the Patty G Show. I am your host, Patty G, here with Jason from Barbecue Guys. We're going to be talking some grilling, some chilling, uh, a little bit of marketing, and also some some moves to make and when it's appropriate to make and kind of seeing a good projection with the company as a whole. Maybe even dabble with some acquisition stuff. Whatever we can get into appropriately, we will. So, Jason, welcome. Thank you very much for coming on the show, man. I appreciate yeah, I appreciate, it. Appreciate you having me. So what is barbecue guys? Oh man, what what you know what most people think we are is is a retailer at sales, you know, barbecue pits and, and outdoor kitchens, which we do. Um, but you know, we we've been saying it from day one. We are much more we wanna bring <clears throat> the barbecue community and the families together and we think we can do that through grilling, you know, and, and that's where the, the product comes in is we think that there's a community out there who wants to share recipes, who, who, who really just love the art of barbecue and grilling in, in general. So, you know, we try, to, <clears throat> we try to play in that world and give them the content that they want um, and obviously sell the products what they want, but um, barbecue guys can help you from, from start to finish and, and that's what we would like to do. I love it. So what is your involvement with it? I know the news has recently announced, you know, there was acquisition and all that jazz, but let's go way back before then. Way back. Way back, <laughs> what, what's, what's your background? Yeah, uh, graduated LSU with I, in ISDS uh, in 2004, and uh, probably a week before I graduated, I think it was a week, week before I graduated, I was working, I was a webmaster all through college, and I worked for the state of Louisiana, and I did some other stuff, I think, with Land Source. And a week before graduation, um, so my boss. Webmaster back in 04. Webmaster, that's how old I am. Yeah. So you what, call what, it webmaster. What, what were you doing? <laughs> I mean, because the, the internet yeah. of 04 compared to the internet of 2020 is just it's, so It's the same thing as somebody who's not in digital marketing or, or don't have an online present now. They, they think that one person can do it all. Okay. Right? And back in the day, that, that person was called a webmaster. So they either coded or designed the website, changed out graphics, wrote content. They were just the webmaster. They stood up the, the website. So I did that for a while. Um, and then my boss uh, saw some talent in me, so he actually got me an interview for, at Barbecue Guys um, okay. the week before I was graduating. I was like, yeah, sure. You know, it's pretty, took a, a low-paying job just to get my foot in the door, and I was the first marketer there. Um, so I did affiliate marketing for about two years. Um, after that, did search engine marketing uh, okay. for another two years. And, and every two years, it, it kind of changed and, and developed the role um, and started hiring people, you know, some, some developers, some marketers. Uh, did pay-per-click marketing for a little bit, um, got into design, um, pretty much did it all. Um, and then now, where I sit is the VP of marketing and e-commerce, uh, barbecue guys, and we have a great team, about 30 people, um, that kind of handle, handle what we do on, wow. on the website. So it's, it's gone from just a one-man show to now a team of 30. Yep. So I want to break down a little bit. You said you did a couple of different avenues of marketing. You first start off with affiliate. affiliate marketing. What, I guess in layman's terms, is affiliate marketing? Um, if you come to the website and you send, your, oh, sorry, you send a customer to a website, let's say you're another <coughs> recipe website. Right. If you send that person to the website, I'll give you commissions off of that, off of that link, off of that sale. Okay. And we probably have over uh, I don't know, 10,000 or so of those nationwide. Wow, so how do you, I guess, convince people to go about becoming an affiliate? Because I know it's a, it's a Commissions. whole- Commissions. It's, it's <laughs> I, guess, I guess, how do you find the people that are gonna uphold the brand, <coughs> status, the brand, well, you yeah, know, etiquette? It, and, and that's where it, it evolved, right? I think affiliates have been dying um, ever since. I mean, it's the oversaturation. Um, the, the real big affiliates now are, are companies like Rakuten and Honey to where it's just commission-based uh, coupons, right? Bottom right. feeders is, is what we call them. Uh, I think the direction now is more of those content influencers that are, are going to hold the brand and, and write about you from an editorial piece rather than trying to just collect money off of a sale. So yeah. um, that's where the, the industry has, has gone over the last, I don't know, five or ten years or so. That's, right. where, that's where we're at right now, too. And you've got you know the ability with social <coughs> media. I mean, we're... Mm -hmm hopefully live streaming on two different platforms, uh, Instagram and Facebook right yep. at the moment. So how do you kind of shift from affiliate marketing being you know, just people doing something, talking about you and saying, hey, click the link below, it'll bring you to their website for the product I'm using. Yep. You know, how do we shift? There's a very fine line. That, that is the, the shift and that's what <clears throat> companies like myself and, and others are, that we're trying to figure out is, you know, you have affiliates and then you have social media influencers and then you have, you know, basic strategic partnerships and there's really not that many platforms that kind of 
hold all that together. I mean, there's a couple, but um, we're trying to change platforms next year to make sure that all of our strategic partners are on one platform to where they're not double dipping. Right. So you're trying to get to whether it be <clears throat> one social media platform or Correct. just different. Okay, got it. Yeah. So. I mean, there's so many out there, and that's basically my job is to try to vet all the different agencies and all the different platforms and really try to find who's driving incremental you know, revenue to the, to the website opposed to just taking credit for everything. Right, and now you've got, especially with social media and with, with social influencers on these different platforms, you've either got people that fall into two tiers when it comes to their pricing. Yeah. Ones that have no idea what they're worth and underprice. <laughs> yeah. So those are the ones, obviously, from a business standpoint, you want. Yeah. And those that overprice what they're actually worth. Oh, yeah. You know, so if you got somebody with ten or 100,000 followers or likes or whatever, they're going to charge you X. Yep. But somebody with 8,000 but a really high engagement rate Correct, yeah. is not going to know to charge you X. So they're going to charge you half of X because they're just trying to get their foot in the door. Yep. When in reality, the return on that investment from a business standpoint is going to be so much better. Yeah, yeah and every, the engagement. yeah, everything. Every two years, we kind of go back and forth. But um, you know, we, we we used to think of social media as as another marketing channel to drive up revenue, and and it's really not. It's it's all about engagement, right? And mm-hmm. and that's you know three metrics I go by. Um, and we just you know recently deployed this, but there's an applause rate, <clears throat> there's a conversation rate, and then there's an the amplification rate. Those three metrics right there will show you how engaged your consumers are and the, the people who have engaged followers is, is going to get a, a higher price tag for sure. So can we go into those three different yeah. Appla- metrics? Look, applause rate, how many people are, are liking what you're posting, right? Mm-hmm. Conversation rate is how many times per post that are people are commenting. And then amplification rate is how many times somebody shares something. So if you can pretty much get that and for every post, add those up and that's your engagement rate. Gotcha. So it's and and we we're graded on that just as much as I would grade a social media influencer as well. Right. And so now, I mean, with the different platforms, you're able to get the metrics of the you know click of a button. You're able to go to your Facebook page or your LinkedIn or your Instagram or Twitter page, whatever page you're on. Yep. You have twenty of them. Yeah. You've got (laughs) basically twenty. I mean, I think I'm on five different social media platforms. Yeah. And so now it's okay. How do we rein all these in and really give quantifying metrics from an influencer perspective? Yep. You know, how can I say, oh, I've got, you know, 50 followers, yep. but I'm getting 40 likes per post right, yeah. and I'm getting 10 people commenting. Yeah, your engagement is going to be really high, but your pool, your, your, you know, your, your pond is, is pretty small. Right. But you're going to get a very high engaged follower. And, and that could be worth a lot of money sometimes. And, and yeah. if it's a barbecue blog that's just starting out, mm-hmm. it would make sense to pick somebody up with a smaller window that has the engagement of consumers Totally. They're going to go yeah. buy the products totally. as opposed to having somebody with a million followers yeah. and they get 50,000 likes and 100, 200 comments. Yeah, you, like, want, okay, you want to have a, a you, want to, you want to distribute that. You want to have, you know, one micro uh, influencer or a couple of ma- micro influencers, one macro influencer, and then, uh, uh, you know, a bunch of uh, nano influencers, meaning right. small, small um, followers, but very high engaged followers. Yeah. And are you all able to kind of track on the back end of y'all system? which ones are performing well oh yeah and see well, i guess if it's a affiliate link you can yeah well and that's um that's how the game has changed is that you usually credit people who are bringing you know uh, sites to uh, to your traffic to your sites and then making revenue um and then the game of the, the privacy and, and and policies and all out there about you know following stuff is, is social media influence is actually going to be you know pretty hard to do if a, a retailer like me cannot track their usage yeah. and what they're sending from a revenue standpoint. So um, I'm kind of glad that it's going you know, back to the engagement and getting your brand out there from a brand awareness opposed to having social media be you know, basically affiliates. And again, right. we, I've already been on that road. I know what that's going to lead to, and that's just people you know, going to the, to the bottom of the, of the, from a pricing barrel or just not with, withholding your, your brand like you talked about. Yeah, and then you've got, I mean, with the creation of Amazon, it's like, yeah. <laughs> can, you, can you really get someone to go to your website, and how do you drive traffic to websites? And are yeah. y'all selling y'all's products on Amazon or strictly we on do. the website? Yeah, no, we, we sell on Amazon. Um, you know, it's, it's the number one product search-driven um, site out there, so we use it for a lot of brand awareness um, for people to come and discover if they're searching for a grill, they can discover our, our, some of our products and whatnot. So 
We use it. It's not a, a big profit center. Um, you know, the Amazon tax is real and it, you know, you, you're not going to move a profit, but you know, if you're looking there to get, if you're looking to get your sales up and your revenue up, then it's a good spot for it. Right. So barbecue guys, can we kind of go back to the origin of how it was started? You came on in what year of the company? Uh, so the company started in 98 um, by the founder, and it was uh, Mike Ackley, by the way, and um, that was a, a showroom. Um, I think he had three, maybe, I think New Orleans, Lake Charles, and one of Baton Rouge. And um, 2000, they start, Corey Tisdale brought it online, uh, and then I came on board 2004, and that's when really we started changing the name. We used to go by the name of Shopper's Choice. Um, dot com still our legal name, but um, ever since then we we pretty much started finding our way um, because we wanted to be Amazon. You know, in two thousand four, yeah. but that was it was a pretty you know promising goal of like hey you know put everything on your website and you can be you know everything to everybody. I mean, and y'all were started. I mean, Amazon was what ninety six, mm -hmm. I believe, yeah. and y'all were ninety eight. Oh, yeah. So y'all were still right in the same oh, yeah. era. I, 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 I've been doing, man, I've been, I'm making 16 years of, of digital marketing. Uh, I feel like the industry is only 20 years old, you know, so. <laughs> you didn't miss much. <laughs> yeah, I didn't miss much, yeah. So, um, it's just been doing it for a long time. But, yeah, we, we wanted to be Amazon. We, we, we loaded up over a million SKUs, uh, me and five other people. Um, Wait, yeah. five people wrote in a million <laughs> SKUs. Yeah. It, it was, what, what was it the was trying to frame? learn how to scale. <laughs> Um, I mean, we did it throughout the course of the year, but that was the way to make money is, is you put up a lot of SKUs and you own a lot of domains and, and you kind of won at the very end of that customer buying cycle. You know, when you search for uh, brown boots, brownboots.com came up and, and you won the customer that way. Yeah, I mean, gosh, <laughs> back with Google search engine optimization and search words and terms, I mean, it was like pennies on the dollar. Yep, not pennies on the dollars anymore. No, now that it's tax, dollars. That on tax the penny. goes up. Yeah, tax goes up ten percent every year, um, and that's <clears throat> that's really. Is it really ten percent? It's it's yeah. I mean, with competition and 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 Google being Google, um, yeah, you can see that CPC is what they call it, a cost per click, and you can bet it's going to go up. Yeah. Wow. So I mean, what is the term barbecue pit going for um, right now? Yeah, it's going to cost you. Anywhere between a dollar fifty to two dollars fifty for every time somebody clicks on your website. Wow! And I'm sure it comes up with like twenty or thirty million search results. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah, you got to be pretty sure. And that's really what what I do is is make sure that the traffic, or, or not what I do, but what I what I love to do, is making sure that the traffic that you're that's coming to your website that you're actually converting, that you're actually turning that browser into a customer, right. um, and a lifetime customer at that, so they can keep coming back um, outside of Google. Yeah, I mean, because you want to have that customer retention outside of just the first search engine. You know, you want them to, hey, get in with a lower product, maybe, you know, buy some great, you know, gloves or yeah. something. Yeah. But then remember us, and then we throw in some different marketing tactics, totally, whether yeah. it be through email marketing or just ads on social media, because you've now gone to our website mm -hmm. and that we're able to make that second sale, third sale, and that follow-through sale. Yep. So y'all started originally trying to be the Amazon of barbecue. Supplies. We try to be the Amazon of everything. <laughs> We've had, well, I guess, a million uh, yeah. SKUs. You million SKUs. We had, categories. you know, tools and equipment. We had posters at, at one point. Um, we even did embroidery for for quite a bit. Yeah, we did. We we tried everything, and that was the beauty of of our of our founder. He was a you know entrepreneur at heart, so he just wanted to try everything. He said, if we can be good at this, why not be good at at other verticals? So we gave it our our, our shot, um, and then we realized that. You know the the customer demanded something else. You know they wanted to experience a customer experience next to none. And, and even though that, you know, Amazon is probably not the best shopping experience. Um, the reason why you transact with them is because you trust them. At the end of the day, you know who you're buying from when when it comes to Amazon. So um, Which that was huge in the <clears throat> early 2000s. Yeah. You know, trustworthy websites. Mm -hmm. You just had to put a nice shiny badge, and it, everybody yeah, wanted Google to do certified with you. Or, right. or something. You know, yeah. after you after you got through the sound of dial-up, right. and you were on the internet, <laughs> you were able to say, okay, are they certified? Are they trustworthy? Because yeah. you're putting your credit card information mm -hmm. on something that you have no idea if it's yeah. going to. And 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 most people, you know, that have websites and, and, and a retail shop, they need to know that um, that all of those small little micro wins is actually what 
is going to gain that customer. So you really got to focus on customer experience and understand that you can maneuver your website to be you know, a, a better uh, performer than, than what it is now. Just because you have a website, that's not where the, the, the job ends. Yeah, I mean, you can build a website in a matter of 30 minutes. Yeah. But if it doesn't function well uh, or you're the only one that knows how to navigate it, you've essentially just wasted 30 minutes of your time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It could be a lot longer than that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, could, be, it could be a whole lot longer than that yeah. to do something well. So you're in this Amazon phase, this Amazon mentality of a website where we get customers on and we get them in with whatever product they're searching for and hopefully they add 100 or 10 items, not 100, but you know, five, 10 items to their cart, check out, and now we've made this sale. How do you, from, I guess back then, it's a whole lot different now than it was then, but how did you go about finding these SKUs to put on? I mean, what, was there a thought process, a line of, you know, a chain yeah. that you said, hey, we want to be at least within this genre, or is it just guys, reach out to whatever companies and see if they'll let put us on their it, side? That's how it started out, is, is we just, you know, we thought these particular SKUs move, so, so we put them on the site, and, you know, probably back in 2008, we really started dialing back, and we realized that, you could not be the experts at everything, um, you know, and people wanted that content, people wanted that, that customer touch or the, uh, of our customer service. So we scaled it back and what we found out was, you know, what we were really selling was, you know, products that are, are premium of quality that really revolves around friends and family. Um, you know, these chairs, fireplaces, grills, it's, it's always involving friends and family. So we, we scaled it back to, um, I wanna say a couple hundred thousand and then every year we, we start dialing back more and more and more so we can be the specialist of it. And we, we don't want to be just everything to everybody. Right. I mean, now you've got an, a DBA mm -hmm. as barbecue guys. Yep. You know, so you've got to be within somewhere in that plethora Correct. of barbecue supplies, whether it be, you know, barbecue pit. You can probably even get into tables and chairs totally. and bars and surfaces and fridges. And yeah. All anything that stuff. outdoor living is, is up for grabs. Right. Yeah. yeah. But... From there, y'all went from buying all these SKUs, and then y'all started creating your own lines. So how does, what was the, the process behind that? Because I know generally if somebody's gonna be drop shipping, for example, yep. and they're using Amazon or whatever platform they're using, they're drop shipping, yeah. they're gonna get as many SKUs as they can, find the different products they can, make the connections with the suppliers, and just start selling these products. Mm -hmm. And over time, start kind of getting their feet wet in their own name brand. Was, is there a metric for somebody out there who's in the process of maybe they're drop shipping some, some shoes or something? Yeah, they I, want to get I, into I think if, as a own. consumer, if you, if you go shop, right, and if you go to the Home Depot, you're mm -hmm. going to see paintbrushes by HTX. Um, if you go to Costco, you're going to find a bunch of Kirkland brands. So it's, it's not new to anybody um, that you want your own brand, not only for better margins, but you control your supply chain. And so that's, and I think that's where, where our own brands came up was, is that we wanted to, to control our own supply chain. We wanted to make sure that we had enough and we had something that other people didn't so we can, you know, gain that customer um, through that. So uh, I think this year was a perfect example with COVID um, that you couldn't rely on anybody else. <laughs> Um, they perhaps had COVID and, and shut down, or, or, you know, from a, a state lines or from a, a company standpoint. So there's a lot of frustrated consumers out there that couldn't get product. Um, yeah. And that's still to this day, too. It, you're now, I think Amazon is slowly starting to get back to their two-day yeah. shipping. Yeah. But yeah. everybody has been paying for their prime, their prime dues to get that two-day two shipping, the next-day shipping. But all during COVID, I mean, I, we were lucky to get products within yeah. two weeks. You know, and your suppliers, if they're overseas and you can't import anything, right. you're, you're at a standstill ultimately. Yep. And you start having SKUs that are just N-A, N-A, N-A. Yep. You know, there's no stocks left available. That's it. Right. So and do, would you all manufacturing on the states, across seas? <coughs> a little bit of both. A little bit of both, yep. A little bit of both. And, and we'll continue to do it. Um, you know, it, it's something that we want to double down in and, and make sure that, you know, we, we can put out a product that consumers still want. But... Really where it all started from, um, not just to, to own up own the, the supply chain, but it was because we had so many years of, of selling other people's grills um, that we had, you know, the owner had 20 years in, you know, our other owner had, you know, another 15 years. You know, I had 10 years, this guy had 15 years. So 
really when you combine that, it was you know over 100 years of, of grilling experience. And so we used that knowledge and, and came out with something that was good quality, you know, really good from a performance standpoint at, at a very affordable price. Yeah, you're able to test over the course of two yes. decades yep. what makes a good grill a good Correct. grill. Yep. And what people are buying. I mean, you've got data is king when it comes to anything digital yes. and even physical. You know, yes. if you've got a website and you see the traffic and people are finding, you know, <clears throat> in 2018, 2019, and 2020, people over the course of these three years are getting heavier into smokers. Yeah, I will know it in two days. <laughs> uh, and, and that's really where, where I think, you know, how we've grown and, and the things that made us successful is we re always had our ear down to the ground of, of what's going on from an analytical standpoint. Um, we're a data-driven company um, and, and it's, you know, data can't tell you the whole story, but it'll point you in the right direction. And when you change um, and, and you pivot, You'll, you'll know if it's right or, or wrong within literally two days. Yeah, pretty, you know, pretty instantaneous. Yeah, it's, it's, I could change something on the website right now and we'll know if within 15 minutes if that was the right move or not. Yeah, and it's having that data, having those years of backlog of knowing these users' activity, you can see click-through rate, you can see page visitation, mm -hmm. how many pages did they visit, where did they navigate, yep. you know, and was it easy for them to navigate, what made them leave, Correct. you know? Yeah, the, the, you know, if prime example is, is somebody can come to the website and they would click on our, our menu and then see a product. Uh, if that rate, let's say that rate is 15%, it's always 15%. If that rate drops um, 15% or 5% and drops all the way down to 10%, I will get a text right now. Really? Mm -hmm. <laughs> from from like the website uh -huh. or <laughs> see I didn't know that was possible. Oh yeah, and say you got to listen right, and you got to you know not be con so confident that it's right. You got to be confident that you can react. You can be yes. listen to the data and change course when you when you know it's not right for your business. And can you acknowledge that change is okay? Oh yeah, you know it's having change the, should be in your DNA. Right, it's it's having that kind of almost humility of saying we're not locked in, not perfect yep. for good. We're not perfect. What we may think is going to sell really well could end up sitting in inventory for two months. Correct. You know, and not move at all yep. because it's not what the customers want. And it's always having that customer-ready attention is what makes the company go on for eight Correct. months. Yep. You know, and, and being around for 22 years now. Yeah, um, I like to say, you know, our, our industry and our industry, if, if you're in the internet marketing, you're pretty much, the industry's changing every three months. <laughs> So you really if not have every to, month. if not every month, you really have to, to keep up with the Joneses, not only from your competition, but just reading what the customer is wanting. Um, Ten years ago, people did not demand that the product should be at your house in two days, yeah. right? Um, and, and you just got to kind of roll with those, those punches. But that is why change is so important is that your business is going to change. You need to have leaders at every point, at every position within the company that can identify those changes and, and really empower their people and empower themselves to make a change. Right. You know, just because you know that something's slipping away doesn't really mean that you're actually going to do something about it. Yeah, and it's making sure that you've got your proper, you know, chain of command, but the chain of command is not so long and so deep mm -hmm. that a decision from somebody within one of the 30 programmers yep. on the website can say, oh, I'm seeing this pattern and then not take a week to react, you know? Yep. Say, hey, shoot a message or whatever the form of communication yep. y'all use is saying, hey, we're seeing this pattern, we need to make a change to either X, Y, or Z, and then instantaneously saying, all right, let's go with Y, yeah. and then just rolling with it. Yeah, not one ingredient is gonna make a you know, successful pot of gumbo, uh, for example, right. but from a business standpoint, I read a book uh, called Mission, Mission Possible, uh, great book. And they, they put it in the same context as, as the flying V, right, for, for birds. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, you have a lead, but at some point, there's going to be another leader, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not to say that that person's not part of the group. He just can't, fuck, he can't always be the leader. Right. So you got to rotate and you got to make sure that, you know, you have a good team around you that everybody can take the charge when, when, it's, when it's their time. Yeah, and recognizing as a it's leader okay. yeah. <laughs> when it's time to when step it's back. When it's, time, you know? when it's time to step back or when it's time to ask for help. Yeah, for sure. and, and asking for help is always an important part of business and not being so stubborn-headed at times that people nope. can be because nope. we're human. So Yeah, my, my, my founder uh, told me that one time, and it stuck with me for last seven or eight years. And, and <clears throat> we, we were talking one day, and, and he said, uh, you're not ready, Jason. 
Simple as that. You're not ready. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you didn't ask for help. You know, because he knows that I'll take it on, um, you know, full throttle. I'll do anything I can to do it, right? I'm going to get the job done. And that point, I wasn't ready because uh, I didn't help. And I thought I could grind it through uh, in a perfect sense. You know, probably could have built out the team faster. Probably could have um, asked for help on, on strategies here and there. But, yeah, ever since he told me that, it was like, damn. Pretty powerful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's we. I mean, I have a tendency to do the same thing: take on as much as I can mm -hmm. and do it all by myself. But at the end of the day, there's only 24 hours yeah. in a day. It, you got to realize. I mean, and not for you, but they're putting me in that position to make changes and ask for help. And if I can't do it, who is? Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> but moving to kind of the the business kind of overhead part. We've you know, started as Amazon, now you've got your own product line. But another thing which was huge that kind of came out this year and was great for, in my eyes, the Baton Rouge area, showcasing, you know, we've had in the last three, four years, <coughs> some big money influxed into the economy from buyouts, from, you know, waiter, yeah. Marucci, barbecue oh, yeah. guys. You know, there's been some big buyouts within the local area that I see is amazing because you've got these companies that started in 98, you know, and started yeah. from the ground up and have built something for someone outside of the city to take a hold of that and say, I want to acquire that. So yep. what can we kind of go into from the acquisition standpoint of barbecue guys? Yeah. I mean, we, we always kind of knew that eventually, you know, at the right time and, and at the right price and, and all that, that we were eventually going to sell. Um, the, the question was to who? Um, and we were trying to be very selective and to make sure that, you know, somebody didn't come in and, and gut the company and, and, and kind of just take it under their wing and, and roll with it. So we were pretty selective and, and, and Mike finally chose uh, Brand Velocity Partners, which is a pretty new but pretty, pretty awesome um, private equity company. And so they're keeping everything the same, um, you know, so far. Great. They introduced us to a lot of strategic investors like the Mannings, Eli Manning and, and uh, even Peyton Manning and Archie Manning and all of them. So um, been on the phone with them, had uh, great talks. They, they love the brand. Um, they want to work with us even more so. So um, I think it's just the beginning. You know, I, yeah. I tell everybody, but I think Barbecue Guys, we changed the name about two years ago. So um, really Barbecue Guys is, is still in this infancy of, of what it could be. Um, from a brand recognition, so our future growth is is that is is brand awareness. And you know, if you go to Google now and you type in barbecue girls, you're probably going to find out who Barbecue Guys is. Just because over the last uh, you know 15 years, we've been doing a very surgical marketing tactic, pool marketing strategy, and and our future is to to push our brand onto people. So when you think of of, of barbecue girls, who do you think of? You mean probably several people, right? Yeah, but there's not a lot one. Of, a lot of different. I mean, yeah, Ace Bull, Hardware, Traeger, or, or Home Depot, right? Yeah, it's home, like home Depot. if you want it to start. Um, but there's not one person who's doing it really, really well. So we think that there's a lot of opportunity from a from a brand awareness, though. We can we can be that be that company. Yeah, you can get your name out large enough now that you've got Cause when, endorsements. Yeah, yeah. When, when when an acquisition occurs, especially from a private equity company that is made <coughs> up of in part highly renowned, highly known individuals. Mm. They bring a sort of leverage to the table that wasn't there before. Yep. And, you know, instantly for somebody with that national and for a couple of them global recognition, you're able to instantly get your brand to the next level. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, knowing that the company was started in 98 and to see an acquisition happen 22 years later just goes to show the importance of patience. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, if y'all, if it was starting in 98 and by 99 or 2000, they was no. looking for acquisition or looking yeah. for somebody to purchase them. Yeah, it wasn't. You were, I yep. mean, there was, you weren't even barely able to crawl at this point, <laughs> you know, and it's a lot of individuals, especially the younger crowd, they. Instant feedback. Yeah, they want instant, instant feedback. Yeah. And it's in, it's in part due to social media, which we're utilizing right now. Um, it's due in part to that fact because as of now, I can sit here and look and see how many people are viewing. Mm -hmm. You know, I can see how many people are liking it, how many people are sharing it. And for whatever reason, over the last decade, we've attached a, a, a little bit of self-worth to those likes and those numbers yeah. from an, an individual standpoint. 
you know, not everybody, yeah. but there are some that if they put up a post and if it doesn't get the turnaround and the results they're delete looking it. for, they're going to delete it. Yep. You know, or they got people that will go back after they've gotten big or made it or whatever yeah. definition they want to use just and delete you, posts. Yeah, that just shows you also to the power of analytics and, and where we're at from a data standpoint, mm-hmm. right? To instantly get feedback on how are you doing in social media based on your post and, and your, you know, your gut on time is like, hey, it's been two hours, but nobody liked my post. Yeah. Um, like the, the sheer processing power. To, to power all that, it's just mind-boggling. From from <laughs> from from a computer hardware standpoint, yeah, like or that, and just where we're at, right? I mean, to give everybody that sense of analytical data set that they can make their own decisions mm-hmm. subconsciously now, because they've been doing it for the last ten years. Yeah, that's just that's 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 crazy. And it's <laughs> people now understanding way more in technology and how it operates. And all the way down to now anybody can realistically pick up a camera yeah. and tomorrow become a photographer, a yep. videographer. With the tools at our hands, we're able to instantly learn something, able to instantly pick up a skill that we couldn't have a decade ago. You know? Yeah, it, that's a great point, man. Um, I think there's, a, there's an age group, and, and I'm certainly in it. Um, if you're between 35 and 42, mm-hmm. I think you have, you're sitting on... A mountain of knowledge and and I don't know DNA of how we were raised that if you're not using that man you're, you're letting something go to the wayside right and the reason why I say that is you know in middle school I didn't have technology right we rode our bikes we came home when the lights came on right that was like probably the last of that decade <laughs> uh, that generation to, to do that um, in high school um, still no big technology, but we had beepers, right? And so we started learning beepers. how these, yeah, we started learning how to, you know, cipher codes, 143 or, and all that stuff. So um, we, we kind of played around with that. And then in, in late high school, that's when cell phones started coming. So we kind of got acclimated to that. And then uh, all through college, we went through college with technology, but not social media. So, so Facebook came out in 2005. I was right. the 16th person in Baton Rouge on Facebook. You serious? Did you know that? Yeah. I did not. You're top 20, man. <laughs> yeah. Congrats. Yeah. <laughs> Early adopter. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So so I feel like that those people between 35 and 42, they have a little bit of old school, mm-hmm. but they also know how to adapt and 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 learn these technologies on the fly. Um, and that's to me is super powerful when a manager or a director can can learn. From you know, learn with the younger generation how they think, how they act, and, and whatnot. So if, if if you're that age and you're not using that power, man, um, it could be super powerful for for somebody's career. Yeah, and, <clears throat> and you've got at least if you're within the 35 to 40 age range, you've got hopefully at least a decade yeah. within your profession under your belt. And people are always looking to take the next step, take the next leap within their career. And you're in a world where a majority of the businesses are still owned by people 50 plus. Mm-hmm. Correct. Local and, businesses. And, and, local and, talk, businesses and talking are, to people around that technology, it's a hard conversation. It, it, it's a hard conversation because <clears throat> they have to have the, the humility and saying that they may not know Correct. how to operate the technology. And they got to get past it. It's my way or the highway. I don't yeah. trust this data. That, where I don't, are you I pulling don't, it from? I, I don't trust the data. <laughs> I don't trust the metrics. Where is right. it coming from? Um, who's China? Like, right. what is happening? You know? <laughs> yeah. And as, as, the, as the younger generation within that 30-year-old to 40-year-old yeah. demographic, we have to have empathy yep. and understand where they're also coming from. You know, mm-hmm. we can't come to them with the same mentality of it's my way or the highway. We have to come with them Correct. and say, hey, look, check this out, how great it can be for us, and have the patience and empathy to walk through with them Correct. the steps yep. it takes the metrics you're going to use, how you're going to pull the data, and the more information you're able to give them and present to them, the better the sell is going to be oh, yeah. for your superiors. Oh, yeah. And the uh, better and they're going to just, they might even you know, actually act on it. Yeah. The best thing that I think a manager can do is, is empower their employees. Um, and you know, one of the, the themes we've been talking about is constant change. What, what I know is that I have 30 people in my department and, and probably half of them are going to be running a department within the same organization in the next five years. Wow. That's how much is going to change. And so, you know, just get, if you be patient, 
Um, and if you show that you can lead, if you can show that you, you can adapt and, and, and understand trends, that's what you do. That's what I did, right? Yeah. So if you know the company's growing, and if you know that you know, you know your stuff and, and, and you want to change, the opportunity is going to be there. Mm. And, that, and that's what I look at is making sure people have that uh, ability to change and, and the desire to, to lead. And right. they'll be running a department. Because it's time. in a world of instant gratification, how do you convey to someone the importance and the power of patience? Yeah. And the importance of waiting. Yep to get that gratification at a later date. I, how about this? Maybe not so much of waiting, but creating. And right? Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because there's a lot of people that's like, hey, I do this. Well, you know, we have to tell you to do it. So I think the, the idea of, hey, I have an idea sits right there, you know? Um, you really have to take a look at, uh, at yourself in the mirror and say, what is holding me back from creating this? Mm-hmm. And the people who can push through that wall and understand it's only them, that's the people who are gonna find success, uh, especially in our industry, just because the future is unknown, the technology is unknown, right? If I have to do referral marketing, which I'm, when we're standing up uh, currently, it's like, go learn it <laughs> and rock it, you know? Yeah. Um, there's, there's no books you can read on it. Um, as, as much as you want, the book's gonna be outdated with, you know, by the time you buy it. Yeah, by, by the time it goes through its publishing process <laughs> and its cycle, you know, it's going to be outdated, but human relationships is not. Yeah. And being able to make a connection using whatever medium is of the day. Correct. And that's just a channel. Channels are going to come and go. And, you know, the, the easy example is like a TikTok, right? Mm-hmm. It's, where did that come from, right? Yeah. And so my team has to learn how to operate that channel. And if it, one goes away, one goes away, uh, or another one comes on. So... Um, you, you know, you can't just say that I'm an expert at this and, and be satisfied or at least say, hey, uh, I am worth this because channels, channels are channels, man. Yeah, they're, they're channels, but at the end of the day, if you can't adapt and you only have one channel, nope. you know, if you're only on like Instagram and that's your bread Correct. and butter, well, to me, I'm, I'm a big promoter of going where the eyes are. Totally. And the eyes are everywhere. They're on so many different platforms. You got to cut grass where there's grass. Yeah, that's it. And you, <laughs> you once you cut one pasture, you have to wait for the grass to grow before right. you can cut it again. You know, it's not a, it's not a, as soon as you finish, you just go and reharvest. Right. You have to be able to move on to the next pasture and rotate yep. to find where the crowds are, where the people are. Yep. Otherwise, you're going to be sitting there waiting for more people to you're come waiting. on board. Yep. And from a, you know, from an influencer standpoint, they're going to hit a plateau. Yep. But if you're able to go on like TikTok that feeds back to your other social channels, you're gonna see your other social channels growing because of the just mass swarm onto that one channel. Because in reality, TikTok created something that Facebook, Instagram, and other platforms were slow to create. And that was a medium that fed its users at their own attention span. Yep. You know, (laughs) we're, 40 minutes into this, right? <laughs> yeah. TikTok, we'd have to make 400 of these yeah. clips. No. Nope. Because they're, they're able to navigate people's attention span as 12, 15 seconds at most. Yeah. When, yeah, and look, a I decade mean, ago, one of our, our biggest, uh, yeah, one of our biggest platforms is YouTube. And, and you know, we, we, we used to put out 25 minute videos. And do you really think that somebody's going to watch a 25 minute video in today's world? The answer is no. Um, so yeah, we, we always got to adapt, uh, all of our, everything that we're doing is, is shorter, quicker, you know, and, and how do you still can put out something that is engaging is the challenge. Uh, I think that is the job. Yeah. You know? How, how can you engage on something for a certain period of time? Yeah. You know, and what I, what I try to tell people when they ask me is, okay, <clears throat> for example, my, my thought process behind the, the podcast in the long form, the show will probably, will probably wrap up around 55 minutes to 60 minutes but within that on the back end you can take it and clip it up into probably 20 different segments of individual questions individual topics and repurpose it on different social platforms for that specific need that's the key and taking that and realizing the importance of it and utilizing it in the different avenues Mm. you know for example linkedin has a max video clip of 10 minutes twitter has a max of two minutes 
So you can't use the same video mm -hmm. clip for LinkedIn as you could for Twitter yep. because they're different platforms, different mindsets of people. I've got four DMs in Twitter and in Instagram, I mean, in, in LinkedIn of people selling me before they even know who I am. Yeah. Because they're with the mentality of business, business, yeah. business. Correct. There's no need to have a handshake and sit down yeah. for a cup of coffee. Here's my plan, here's my product, buy it. Yeah. But on Twitter, it's news driven, it's facts, it's bullet points. Correct. So you wanna have a More minute, journals. two minute, you don't wanna have anything longer than that because no one's gonna watch it. Yep. And every, you gotta have rapid fire stuff going through within the two minute clip that people will actually attain yep. and digest. And then you go to Instagram and well now you've got three different options, four different options for clips, links. Yeah. You've got your regular posts that go up to I think 15, 30 seconds. And you know what that means for, you know, we have a creative director who's, who she's great. Um, she understands this and just the, the sheer grit, you know, of to, to produce all of those different cuts and edits. Um, it's almost like, you know, everybody wished that they can just pick one, but in, in today's business world and e-commerce world, you can't. You got to be all over the place. You, you got to be all over That's the place. That's what makes it real. And you have to also recognize what the formatting of the platform yeah. is. The same video, if I take a video, a clip of this, and I put it onto Instagram, well, it's got to be formatted differently because it's a mobile device. Yeah. If I'm putting the clip on Facebook and LinkedIn, well, it's got to be a different format, more widescreen, because people are going to view it on their computer as well as their mobile device. Yeah. So all of that also has to go in the back <laughs> of your head when you're creating content and yeah. you're clipping up stuff, you know? So it's like for barbecue content guys. Content is not cheap. It's not cheap. And for, you know, for the sake of a, of a barbecue guy, platform or plan is like, hey, let's get some celebrity chefs. Let's have them only use all of our gear, all of our products sold on the site. Within videos, you can embed product tags. You can embed links mm -hmm. to the website. So let's do a long 30 minute segment, but let's clip up them cutting up the vegetables. Let's yeah. clip up them stirring the pot. Let's clip up them braising the meat. And now we're able to have three to 10 different products within three different clips of content that we can repurpose all over the, all over the web. You know, we can showcase this knife by so-and-so yeah. while they're clipping up vegetables. We can showcase oh, there's, the there's spoon, plat there's the platforms pot, the out stove. there. There's enterprise platforms that would do all that for you. Yeah. From a, from a, a machine learning, they know, they recognize your products, they recognize your feed and, and what that means to the videos and they'll recognize certain segments of a video and attach that to a product, which is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think in 1998 when the company was formed yeah. that topic yeah. would be brought up at a board meeting or be brought up right. at a creative meeting. Yeah. You know, hey, does anybody know any cool tech that's able to capture the products and digitally read what well, it is. Look, I mean, we, we do. I mean, that's that's what I talked about from a, a chain standpoint is that you have to know what's out there because you have to be more efficient. You have yeah. to grow revenue with, with limited resources. Um, there's always this constant battle to grow and then how do you do it? It starts with research, I'll tell you that. <laughs> and research is key for everything. Um, but starting to kind of wind up the show and get towards the end, I've got a series of bullet but not so bullet questions to ask. <laughs> One of them is you've been at you've been in the game for marketing for four years shy of when of digital marketing for four years shy of when it actually originated. So I'm assuming you've gained some lessons and some you know uh -huh. you've learned some stuff throughout the years. So what are like three, two or three top lessons that you've kind of learned over the course of the years doing this? Oh man. Um... You know, going back to, to, to values that I think it, that makes, you know, somebody unique and, and all that is, is to always have, you know, a, a creative vision, right? Always make sure that you can think creatively, um, analytical. I, th I think the way what we talked about tonight, everything, you need to have that analytical mindset. Uh, and then um, be childlike, you know, childlike as if, you know, nothing can stop you. Um, you'll figure it out, you know. Um, all those things will, allows you to adapt, is my point. And so um, just learning how to adapt, learning how to, to read data, and don't be scared of it, you know. Apply it, put some prescriptive analytics on top of that to make sure that the data's working for you. Yeah, makes, I mean, that's, <clears throat> in an ever-digital world, that makes complete sense. <laughs> and if you you don't have those skills and you're not learning those skills well you, uh, you somebody else is yeah somebody else is and they're going to come out on top of you yeah if you're, if you're not and, and that's the 
probably the better answer for your question is, you know, if you don't use your first party data, which is the data that you collect, whether it's about your customers or, or just about how you're doing in business, if you don't app, uh, act on your first party data, then you're going to get disrupted because somebody else is. Somebody else is, and in addition to learning the customer data, they're trying to learn a way to circumvent you because mm -hmm. it's, it's greedy. <laughs> it's doggy dog. <laughs> That's it. Um, so next question is, what is something that you did as a kid you wished you still could do today had no one stopped you? Professionally or personally? Whichever, whichever one you want. I would say nap. <laughs> I'm a huge napper, man. Um, I, I don't nap enough. I need I to, love it. I, I need to hey, nap more, but think I'm, about it. I'm right there with you. I think people, and look, you should do something that you love doing, right? So right. Um, I should probably go home right after this and work. And I don't mind. Like, I should be working at night. Why? Because I love what I do. Um, that's a lot of energy. And how are you going to withstand that with energy and perform at a level that you need to perform? It's called naps. <laughs> naps are a whole lot of coffee. Yeah. Um, and so I do. So I do. I do both. Uh, I don't nap, obviously, but I wish I could. Not at work. Yeah, it's not, not nap at work. work. I wish I could. I wish I could nap at work because I just think uh, you know keep your mind refreshed. You know, get eight hours of sleep at night, wake up refreshed, and and, and tackle the day. Yeah, I love that. Um, what do you love about Baton Rouge the most? Culture. I travel a lot. Um, I cannot be in another state for more than four nights. Really? Bring me back to Baton Rouge, bring me back to Lafayette, New Orleans, I don't care. Um, I love Louisiana. Uh, man, the, the food, you know, the language, the, the sports. Um, we have our own music. It's just, it, we have our own culture and that's something that I've never was like, hey, when I go to these shows in New York or Chicago, I was kind of like, yeah, I'm just a little guy from Baton Rouge, you know, and, and kind of shied away from that, even from a marketing perspective, didn't want to tell our audience that we were from Baton Rouge. And then about 10 years ago, that completely changed. Really? Now I walk in a, in a crowd, very proud, put my cowboy boots on, you know, show them that I'm from Louisiana. And, and for some reason, people love that from the north. You know, um, yeah. and maybe it's because I'm, I'm surrounded by a couple other people or a couple hundred other people that don't have an identity or, or a place that they call home, you know, and, and, and proud of their culture. But Louisiana is so different that I think you need to embrace it. Yeah. That's what's going to make you stand out. And embrace it and promote it to anybody yeah. and everybody that'll listen. Yeah, that's, that's who we are. Right? Yeah. And it's, it, it's easy to tell who is from Louisiana or even the South for that matter yeah. when you go into a room. Because they're mm -hmm. we're we're loud, we're yeah. proud. I remember one time, man, I was I was on a in an Uber with some um, some customers and clients and and, and whatever at a, at a trade show, and we were in an Uber, and I was telling them about the the music in in Louisiana, and they just didn't get it. So I put on like some Wayne Tubes and some <laughs> Keith Frank, and I was like, "This is Louisiana music. It's called Zydeco." Oh my gosh, they loved it. They probably never even heard of Zydeco no. before that. They don't, and that's the, that's the beauty of it, right? I mean, they think we're a part of a, a different country, and here we are just in, in the States. Yeah, in the States, we weather 28 hurricanes, and we just keep moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yep, All take right. a beating. All right, man, so one more question for you is, um, what can I do to help? You? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, uh, understanding that that barbecue guys is is open for business is is probably the first thing, right? Um, there's not a lot of people who are coming and graduating from LSU um, that are considering internet marketing or, or just in business in general. So, knowing that we're open for business and, and looking to hire, I think we already hired 100 people this year. Wow! Because of COVID. Um, so yeah, um, great great growth, great you know, learning experience, like I said, um, the constant ability to change and, and to, to lead and, and do all that. So, you know, if you're ever coming across hungry entrepreneurs, send them my way. Yeah. And then uh, the, I think the second thing is, how many shows have you done this year? Um, this year alone? Yeah. I'll, you're number 51 for 2020. You need to host a party for everybody who's on the show so we can all network together. I thought I've actually genuinely thought about you doing should do that. it. You should do it. 
Okay, now I just need a location. <laughs> <laughs> somebody from yeah. your previous... Uh... Yeah, some, somebody from a previous show. If you've got a spot where we can right. do something, we can host 50, host party, man. 50 yeah. 60 people. Well, no, scratch it. They bring somebody. Where can we host 200 people There you go. who came on the show? Because, I mean, we've had some really great people DMs. this year. Yeah, DM me, email me, contact me. If you've got my number, text me. Just <laughs> reach out if you have a place where we can do an event. A networking event, yeah. A networking event with everybody that's been on the Patty G Show. Because, um, yeah, we are on, I, th I believe you are episode 63. That's awesome. Or 64 overall. That's awesome. And we skipped the first week because I don't do any shows during Christmas or New Year. So we only do 50 shows a year because it's a weekly release date. So you're, epi you're episode 40, you'll be episode 49 of the year. And nice. then tomorrow we'll record episode 50. And then we'll be done for the year. So, Congrats. May, thank you. Maybe you'll do like a Chris, uh, like Patty G Show Christmas party that would with be, everybody. That, hey, I'll show up. Put me down. <laughs> I'll supply the barbecue. I was about to say, can we do some barbecue? <laughs> some barbecuing? We'll get Jay to Cody. Yeah, do some, we could do some, some, uh, some raffles. Yeah, okay. for sure. Okay. I'm liking this now. Because I've, I mean, I've got 64, uh, 64, whatever the number is for the episodes. So there's amazing people in Baton Rouge and the, in the are, surrounding yeah. area who I've interviewed and brought on the show that are just doing great things like mm -hmm. y'all. You know, we're not, yep. we're, we're bringing people on that are really making a difference and really showcasing Baton Rouge. You know, that's the whole idea around the show. I mean, like, you're... It's the idea around the, the, the city. Exactly. <laughs> right, you know, we like, all help each other. Your, your last, your, your comment about what, what can you do is to let people know that you're open for business with LSU students and people graduating from college. My, my, my fellow students at LSU when I was there, we're always preaching about they can't wait to get out. Yeah. They can't wait to leave Baton Rouge, leave the state, you know, and sure, go travel, go they, get they'll, cultured. They'll That's great, back. but come back. They'll come back. Because the opportunity is so great here. Yeah. You know, like you said, you hired 100 people in COVID. Yeah. In COVID, you hired 100 people. So the power of things that are happening here in your local community are yeah. huge and it's massive. Yeah. And if you're not from around here, come in and visit, and you'll understand why it's so great. Yes. So, Jason, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, man. Driving out here to this gorgeous location. If only we it had is. fire. Very nice. It would make it a little bit better, but you know, maybe Good next job, time. Good job, Randy. <laughs> well, for y'all listening or y'all watching, thank y'all so very much. I appreciate it. I am Patty G, the host of the Patty G Show here with Jason from Barbecue Guys. Y'all go check them out. If you're listening to the podcast, all of their websites and platforms are going to be linked up in the show notes. Be sure and give them a check out. So thank y'all so very much, and y'all have a good one. Thanks. Thanks.